I was sitting on a bus when my mind started to run again, sinking into the depths of an ocean of dark ponderings that annually flood my head. I've spent quite a lot of time on buses, leaving and returning to Darwin, but no matter how far I run, I always come back. I mean, it is home. I was born and raised up here on Gulamedigan country, birthed by my two amazing parents who gifted me a lineage that spreads across land and sea. On my father's side, we have Irish, Scottish, English, Luritja, and Wombaya blood. And on my mother's side, Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, Spanish, German, Gulamedigan, and Garajati, and Wataman. You can already imagine how hard it was to navigate this journey of identity. Together, my parents shared a vision of breaking the cycle of intergenerational trauma and cre creating a life that they never had for their children to grow and flourish. They exceedingly achieved this vision and more. Whilst on their journey, they established the Balling Youth Foundation, which is an organization focused on the healing of at-risk youth in Darwin. Balingu runs camps taking young men and women out on country to heal and detox from whatever they are struggling with in their lives. So I grew up on these camps and they were a very large part of the shaping of my character and who I am today. And most of my morals and founding perspectives were conceived in that space. Growing up, not experiencing the trauma that most people did, but having the sight to see it and comprehend it, set me up to walk through this world with quite a different vision to most children. Everywhere I went, all I saw was the byproduct of trauma. And being gifted this sight from such a young age was a blessing and a curse because it made life extremely heavy, but at least I wasn't ignorant. Therefore, this experience on the bus was not unfamiliar, as I have been tapping into these thoughts and ponderings my entire life. Except this time, the environment was a lot different. I was in a big city off-country. Uh, it was mid-COVID. The extreme energy of Black Lives Matter rallies was still lingering. I was dealing with my own internal and external conflicts and all in the same breath, just trying to understand who the heck I was. Those thoughts sent me into a trajectory flip. It felt like a light switch flicked and everything went dark. I got off the bus and continued to walk home in the stillness of the night and found shelter under a bench in a park. The rain began to pour and so did the waterfalls on my cheeks. The monsoonal tears continued for days, mixed with a concoction of suicidal thoughts, anger towards society, frustration towards myself, hopelessness and hate for everything. I decided to lock myself in my room in hopes a solution would reveal amongst the deafening solitude. Here I was lying in bed, sinking into the depths when all of a sudden I had flipped my laptop open and I was typing every tangible thought I could gather and pour them out as best I could in desperate need of a release. That night, I completely lost my mind. It was a rebirth and I had to start all over again. After spending my entire life consumed by my overthinking analytical head, all of a sudden, everything was out of control. 
It was like sitting in the center of a room surrounded by a circle of people screaming their opinions at the exact same volume and no one to mediate. I could feel so much but didn't have the mental capacity to examine it within my head. This was a great challenge because all my life I relied on my mind to keep me safe, which was ironic because it was the exact thing that destroyed me. After a few weeks of surfing these extreme tidal waves of emotions, I decided it was time for me to go back to saltwater jungle of a country to reground and heal. When I returned to Gulamedigan country, I adopted many distractions, a couple jobs and an addiction to exercise. One of the jobs was just folding t-shirts for House of Darwin. And around this time, it was leading up to Invasion Day. And they asked me if I would come and help run the store at the rally. And prior to them asking me, I already agreed I wasn't going to attend because I didn't feel stable enough. But it was another distraction. So I said yes. It was the night before the store and I had another breakdown. I fell limp to the bathroom floor of my friend's apartment. More waterfall facials. I woke up the next rising, put glasses on to cover my puffy eyes and headed off. As we arrived and finished setting up the store, I noticed my beautiful sister, Milil Mamey. And she came over, we greeted, and she mentioned that there was a poet who no longer could attend. And with very little conscious thought, I offered to speak. And she accepted my offer. And as she walked away, I laughed to myself. I was like, what the heck was that about, you know? <laughs> Anyways, I continued uh, with the store selling T-shirts when I noticed a huge gathering of people to the right of the store. And I assumed that the speaking had started. And because I had no warning, I assumed I wasn't speaking anymore. So I wandered over to have a listen and suddenly my name was called out. So I flicked my phone out and I opened up to the journal entry I did when I lost my mind, walked up to the microphone, read it out, finished, hugged my sister and went back to the store. And throughout the day, I was greeted with so much love and reciprocation by the people who felt my words. And I was reminded of the power of speaking and how healing it is to speak and be heard. Um, yeah, it's, it's a literal form of magic, you know, the transference and exchange of energy. It opened up the beginning of what would be my journey of returning to my true self. The destruction of my mind was a blessing in disguise. It opened up the doorway to the greatest opportunity of all, the opportunity to embark on the pilgrimage of remembering who I am. I am still on this journey today. My mind never returned, but I continue to remember. I remember not what this world has taught me, but what my DNA is encoded with. Through this journey, one thing that I remembered is that it's our intelligence and our mind that is our greatest obstruction and that it is much too simple to ponder long. I don't even know who I am. Lost my mind a few weeks ago. Now I'm lying in bed thinking about the world, thinking about how my foundation was ripped away from me when they threw my ancestors off cliffs and left bullet wounds as gifts. Now I'm lost. 
because someone's greed was more important than living beings and the genocide hasn't ended. They've taught us so well, now we kill ourselves and the truth, they continue to bend it. My DNA tells the stories of rape, abuse, murder and pain. Stained with the bloodshed and trauma too messed up to be in a Stephen King movie scene and my head hurts trying to understand why, why my heart always wants to cry, why a part of me always wants to die because it knows it'll never be whole as long as my people suffer and I don't even know who I am. So how am I supposed to help? And everyone is so caught up in this false matrix, they can't even look around chasing dollar signs in the next trend because they're just as lost as I am, but they have the ignorance to keep themselves safe. Minds trapped in their screens, scrolling through unrealistic dreams, ones that are only attainable through defamation, but at least they don't spend nights losing their minds and reinstating their right to exist, and I don't even know who I am trying to piece the puzzle together, but my soul is being pulled in too many directions. How do I exist in these two worlds? A child who harms its mother is in the unhealthiest state. So what are we humans if we harm our mother every day? We are taught not of trees, but of uncles and aunties, grandmother country. When you pillage our land, you are killing our family while our family's trees leaves drop off because you fund drugs and discipline over healing. And our children are aborting themselves because they are stuck suffocating under a blanket of oppression and don't know how to survive in two worlds that so greatly contradict each other, ripping their soul's limbs to the point of rupture. Humanity is judged on how you treat the weakest member of the society. And from the looks of things, we are all going to hell because our silence and lack of action is abuse too. Who wants to be a part of a system whose leaders molest children and the people have nothing to say? They move aimlessly, ticking boxes, voting for a bunch of puppets tied to the devil's hands. So here I lay with too much to say. So I hold back on these pages in order to remain sane. And I don't even know who I am. So I cry capturing my tears and hopes my DNA has some sort of clarity. I stare into my dampened hand and scripture starts to relay and I feel a sense of familiarity. And I remember my DNA tells the stories of resilience, unwavering power, magic and nurturing, timeless wisdom, divine systems, men and women, grandparents and children who could have become myths and legends, but instead they laughed in the face of adversity because their roots reached the beginning of it all. So it's impossible for us to fall when our trunk's core is made of stardust energy and can never be destroyed, only transformed. It's in the law we know. And though the song lines have been broken, I journey into the ocean to bathe in the womb encoded with truth, revitalizing my spirit and bringing me home to you. Mudrul, that's who I am. I am everything and everything is me, so I am not afraid of pain. I will get back up and try again, and I ask that you do the same, and that we stand hand in hand with our differences aside, reclamation of our minds they mine with compassion in our eyes and joy in our stride as we walk free from the spiritual shackles placed upon us in the hospital ward when the tainted spirit touched our crown and took it away from us. But it is much too simple to ponder long. Thank you.